This is Fragmented Reality, a digital bulletin podcast designed to bust the buzzwords that dominate enterprise technology. My name is Ben Mouncer, and in this episode I take my clutch of eggs, each containing an industry buzzword, to Martin Stevenson, an account director for RPA vendor Blue Prism. Okay, Martin, thanks for joining us. Do you want to crack open your first yeah. digital transformation egg and Here see what um, buzzword awaits you? First egg of the morning, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to go for mellow yellow and see what's in there. And it is, oh, the future of work. The future of work, a, yeah. a very broad kind of topic to yeah. start with. When you, when you hear the term future of work, what, yeah. what, what do you think of what comes to mind? What, what comes to mind is um, are, my, are my kids and, and what life will look like for them, you know. Um, and it's, uh, it's a very important topic. Um, just last year, Blue Prism World, one of the keynote speakers was a professor from... Um, I think the London School of Economics, where she talked about the future of work and what it meant and referenced the book. She'd written a book called The Hundred Year Life. Um, and, you know, the reality in that is that uh, we need to be thinking about the careers and the plans that we make in a much more um, uh, kind of uh, unstructured way. So when, we, when I talk about the future of work, you know, we talk about looking at your career changes. So actually planning career changes rather than just having, having to deal with it if it happens to you. Um, also uh, looking at how the nature of work, not just the future of work, um, but the nature of work as well. Uh, you know, looking at how um, technology is an integral part already of what we do, but how that's going to change and make all sorts of other possibilities, you know, um, available to people as they as they plot their career, um, and uh, or careers, and that's the way we've got to look at it. Is you know, build in the time for the things that are important to you, um, you know, live your life, you know, and enjoy your life and invest in your life, and you know, things have changed so much since 30 years ago and they will probably change completely uh, you know, for the, over the next 10, 20, 30 years as well so fascinating subject really exciting um, as a parent um, you know, huge responsibility on my shoulders and my wife's shoulders to educate our kids and encourage our kids to do what they think is right for them and you know, be open to multiple careers I think and life events yeah so, yeah. where, where do you think we are on that journey? Because uh, yeah. is it fair to say at the moment was that we're at kind of a crossroads where you've got mm. some some of the old generation who are used to the more traditional yeah. um, nine to five kind of working structure, as it yeah. were, and then you've got the incoming generation who want yeah. to be able to work remotely, to work yeah. um, mobile. Yeah. Do Do you think we're at that sort of crossing crossing point now? I think I think we've crossed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. Um, my my son, my youngest son, started his first job four weeks ago. You know, graduated and now started his first job and in week two he's working from home you know yeah. and for him that's just normal for his employer that's just normal um, you know it's about getting the work done being able to break his day up you know if he has uh, a, another commitment during the day be able to fulfill that and then come back to his work and, and deal with the, the tasks and, and the, the responsibilities he has in a much more flexible way um, so I, th- I think we have and certainly for the, the people that are now in the, I think they're called millennials, um, but now in the workforce, uh, 
you know, and also the, those that are coming through, um, uh, it's a phrase that stuck with I heard that stuck with me, which is born digital, and and that's uh, that's true of some businesses that we see now, and that's one of the challenges that our you know companies have to deal with is how do you compete with born digital companies, but also I think when you look at how people want to work, being born digital uh, or in the digital age, your expectations are completely different. Your plans and your way of working are completely different. Your structures, you know, hierarchical structure is probably a thing of the past. It's much more about teams and about informal networks and, you know, pick up networks, as it were, uh, of, of people um, to get, to get um, things done. Um, working with com- with people outside of your own company, you know, um, collaboration, joint ventures, that kind of thing. Very different. But I think, I think we've, we've gone past that point. It's now, um, if you like, just part of the fabric of work that we that we we're dealing with now. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're through it. Really good. Well covered that topic. I think. Should we move on to another egg? Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Should we stay with yellow? Yeah. Okay. It's up to you. Okay. Get yeah. the yellows cleared. Let's clear the yellows. <laughs> so we're going to talk about. Chatbot. Chatbot. Okay. This, okay. Is an, this is always an interesting one. As a, yeah. As a, as a customer, as a consumer, yeah. do, you, do you use chatbots? Do you enjoy using them? Do you find them a satisfactory way to get what you want? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, and, and I, it's probably when I'm trying to contact a company I'm transacting with or trying to get support from, you know, if it's my telco or my bank or, or any kind of, you know, provider of service, um, I'm quite happy to use the chatbot, chatbot first because more often than not my sit you know inquiry or, or, or request is simple um, and I'm you know I know I know I understand the technology and how, and how it works so I know I can just give it the simple instructions and more often than not it will come back and say okay here's the answer but when it can't then it will pass me to an agent so it's a very efficient way of filtering I think the conversations and it makes it for me personally I'm very pro chatbot because um, I you know I, I feel like I'm getting to the point much quicker Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, when I want to do any speak to an agent, uh, a specialist, then I get there. Um, so I, I, I think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a, it's a technology. I think it's a small cog in a big wheel in terms of how uh, how you make uh, a client interaction more productive. Um, so they're here to stay. I think they'll get more intelligent. Well, I know they'll get more intelligent because we're doing a lot of work with these things. Um, you know, it won't be long before uh, it's normal for us to just talk to the computer, you know, and, and or the chatbot and get what we need uh, in, in natural language. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to continue to evolve. And at some point, it'll just drop out because we won't need to use that kind of technology. It'll become, you know, if you like, static technology that's no longer relevant. So, yeah, here for now. You've obviously got a lot of interest in this particular, but in terms of yeah. the wider public and their sort of perception and their relationships yeah. with this technology, obviously it's it's quite new to some people. Do you think there's yeah. um, there's work to do in that area? To uh, yeah, you're yeah. you're right, and and you know, human nature is you know, we are we are social beings, and we feel most comfortable when we're having a direct conversation, either face to face or you know uh, over the phone. Um, and if, I guess for for a lot of people, having a a machine interface instead of a human interface uh, can be a little bit, um, or the, maybe they don't trust it, or maybe they they've got concerns about, you know, is it the long way round rather than the short route? 
Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of education I think we need to go through. Maybe um, when we get into the, the natural language element of it, it'll be demystified and people will know they're talking to a computer or a robot or whatever, um, but they'll be comfortable with it. You mentioned that they will get more intelligent yeah. as time goes on. Can you give us a, a bit of an insight into the technology development mm. that where we're at with chatbots technologically at the mm. moment and where do you think we're going to go? Yeah, so so chatbots today pretty much follow a script and there will be a bit of AI built in there um, to take kind of unstructured information and turn it into structured data. And that's a kind of low-level AI. We're going to get more uh, depth from that, so you're going to get things like sentiment analysis coming through the chatbot, whether it be you know, someone typing something in capital letters, showing they're angry, versus, you know, through to if you've got the, the conversational piece going, someone shouting and, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, so you'll get, we'll, we'll get the AI and machine learning will get more sophisticated and more developed, and over time um, you can imagine a point not too far in the future where the chatbot will almost have empathy um, certainly a, de- a degree of empathy there'll always be you know it might cover 80 percent of 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 situations but i think um you know that's that's the next step is that empathic ai to help the chatbot be more useful friendlier and you know easier to communicate with excellent yeah. i hope there's not one that's going to be designed to host a podcast but you know, I could never rule that kind of no, thing. No, no, absolutely. Hopefully yeah, be past, or maybe past a, my retirement age. Maybe a podcast between two chatbots. There you go. Well, I think people would actually <laughs> listen to that. That, that would be compelling. Uh, anyway, that'd be uh, fun, yeah. <laughs> right, we've got four eggs left. Two, yeah. gre- two green. Would you yeah. call that green or turquoise? Let's or? go. Let's, let's go, go with the blue. Blue. Yeah. Okay. Robotics. Robotics. Okay. 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 So, Martin's from Blue Prism, so this yeah. is obviously your um, area. That's right. Of, that's what we do. Of, yeah. So, do, do you want to talk, first of all, a bit about that, I guess, and what yeah. robotics means to Blue Prism? How would, yeah. how would Blue Prism define yeah. robotics? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, robotics is a broad area. Yeah. And when people talk about robotics, they imagine everything from, you know, the, the, the big uh, machines with arms that build cars uh, through to um, little machines that run around your living room hoovering up, um, you know, through to what we do, which is robotic software, okay? And the whole point about what we do is that, um, you know, there are tasks that people have to carry out. Um, that are the same repetitive tasks day in day out um, they're essential they're not you know you can't avoid these tasks in, in, in a business context you, you, know, you have to do these things but um, they are boring repetitive and really not making not not making the human happy you know in their job and not what humans are very good at is communication empathy decision making understanding you know all of those things that make us human what we're not good at is looking at a screen seeing some figures in a field copying and pasting or even rekeying that into another field into another system um, you know and doing all that kind of stuff but doing it at high speed day in day out we're not good at it so what we do, and, and we, as you correctly said, we invented robotic process automation. Uh, we're a UK company, by the way, so it was invented here in the UK. Um, I'm interested in the term robotic mm, because obviously mm, this is software, essentially. It's like, com- absolutely software. Wh- yeah. where, where does the sort of robotic yeah. definition come into it? it it's basically the... Um, uh, is it the tasks? The tasks and the... Um, 
the monotonous repetition of the task and that being a kind of robotic let's call it robotic with a small r mm. you know that robotic behavior um, where the human is not adding any value they're actually detracting value because they make mistakes um, and uh, you know it's not good for anybody not good for the company not good for the individual so the reason that this is now mainstream and at the core of the, the technology strategies for all businesses, um, big and small, but especially the big ones. Um, the reason it's at, it's at the core is you know, there are, we have a shrinking workforce. We talked earlier about the future of work. People have got choices. And if you're asking people to do man mundane work, they'll probably say, I don't want to do that, I'll go do something else. So you end up with this, all this work that needs to get done that people don't want to do or if they do want to do it, they're not very good at it. So the, the whole idea around robotic process automation is to make those tasks and processes, um, put them in software, and get the computer to do the work, and involve the human when what the human does is important. Do you, do you, do you understand why there's still, you've probably been asked this question a million times, but mm. do, you, do you understand right. why, there, and it might just be a perception, but that perception yeah. is still negative? There is, because in the early days of automation, pro robotic process automation, the business case was usually predicated on staff reduction, which is very negative, because people fear for their jobs and so on and so forth. And I think companies have become much more uh, empathic to that now and understand that actually it's not just about messaging or marketing it's actually the truth that you can give people better jobs I, again i had an example from one of our clients so uh, an online retailer based in the northwest of england and they talked about um people in their um, finance department helping to eliminate their jobs but actually creating new jobs blue prism is is fairly central obviously you, you spoke about mm. how you were the first to, to put this technology together how, yeah. how exciting is it to be part of that and obviously yeah. at, at this moment at this time yeah. in the digital generation you are yeah. a key player and how yeah. that, that must be a fairly exciting thing to uh, it's amazing yeah. it's uh, absolutely amazing I, I i won't tell you how many decades of, of experience i have working in in the in the world of it but you know this is i'm probably as uh, more energized now than i've ever been in my career um because it is a new frontier it is not just a technology revolution it's a social revolution as well that's that's happening as we talk about you know the changing nature of work um and what people do and so forth um so uh, it, it's it's a brilliant time to be involved in, in in all of this and um, you know, the conversations we have uh, they are not about technology solutions not how can I automate this process or how can I integrate AI or machine learning into that requirement we have conversations all the time with the um, the C, you know, the C-suite of our clients who are pondering these big questions like um, you know, big questions like how do I offer a completely differentiated digital experience to my customers um, or my consumers. You know, if I'm competing, if I'm a 90-year-old telco, with all of the baggage that goes with that, there's there's real 
you know, magic in some of that legacy, but there's also hindrance in that legacy as well. How do I compete, compete with a company that's born digital, that didn't exist five years ago, that has no legacy, and all they're about is, is that complete customer um, you know, digital experience, whether it be online, um, whether it be through apps, through phone, you know, chatbots, whatever it might be. How do I compete with that? Those are fun, the fundamental. Those are the questions I we, we get involved in much more than the technology questions, and that is so exciting because we're helping, you know, the the CEOs and the CFOs and the CMOs and the chief people officers and so forth, in in big corporations, figure out how they should put their strategy together and how they should execute their strategy. So it's not about the technology; it's very much about the impact. Yeah, so, yeah, really good. Okay, we've got three eggs left. All right. Let's okay. For the blue one. Yeah. Customer centricity. Okay, you kind of touched on it there yeah. and hinted at the the That's role right. that the customer has now. And yeah. What 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 does that term mean to you? And how prevalent yeah. do you think strategies based on that kind of focus yeah. are in business today? It's it's. You're right. We we talked about it a little bit, but it it comes together for me. And I'm thinking about one of my clients. Um, they talk about their their tagline is "Let the customer choose it all." Okay, and that's and they mean that in every aspect. Not let them choose every product or every service. Is that realistic? Do you think? Do you think that's a? It's their ambition. It's, it, yeah. it's essential. It's not. It's non-optional. Um, and I'll tell you why I think it's non-optional in a moment. But they um, they you know the customer should define what they buy, when they buy, how they buy. Um, they want to, you know, they want to define every aspect of the, of the customer interaction, of, of the relationship that they have with the, the company, with the supplier. Um, and, you know, you might hear that and say, well, that's unreasonable. But no, it's not unreasonable. It's reality. Because if you think about these born digital companies, you know, Uber, Netflix, Rakuten, you know, companies like that, Amazon, it's very much a almost a customized customer experience that you have if if you're if you you know take product and services from those companies you know and they're looking not just to serve your needs but they're looking to influence your needs and and in some cases drive your needs and uh, provide you with things that you didn't think were possible um, so you know the tables have turned completely so uh, it's not a question of should I could I it's a question of how do I you know, change my pivot my business to use a, a horrible phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, how do I pivot my business to um, to let the customer choose it all? And and I think that's um, that's the reality of born digital business. The, you know, the world that we're in now, um, and will continue to be the battleground um, for the next five years. How much of a challenge do you think that um, ambition is, especially for the bigger corporations who yeah. know, have come from a completely different place? It's easy for yeah. the small agile companies to to you know pivot Completely. to the needs of the customer yeah yeah no it's massively yeah. difficult for the larger corporations but they they have if you like the legacy is both a blessing and a curse for the large corporations it, it's a it's a curse because sometimes if you need to change your business you might have business processes that are very large scale that work across your businesses or they might be siloed in particular aspects of your business you know and that that can be a, a bit of a, a weight around your neck um, and you might look at that and say we just can't do it maybe we outsource that part of the business um, but that's not the right answer the the 
with the technology that we're talking about here, with robotic process automation, with AI, machine learning, chatbots, you know, all of the different aspects of technology, with, with data science that we have now, um, we talk a lot about um, freeing the entrepreneur in the big company. Okay. I'm fascinated about this yeah. this whole customer conversation because it's, yeah. it seems to have happened fairly quickly you know, in the context of history. But yeah. do, do you think we as consumers now expect too much? Do you think we have too mm. much control over, you know, is, mm. it, is it a healthy thing for us to, you know, have what we want all of the time? Yeah, good question. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, uh, there's a, a saying that has always stuck with me and is even more uh, true now and it's uh, the Henry Ford quote or it might be misquote but uh, <laughs> I, I, there's a quote so Henry Ford said if I'd have done what my customers told the, me they wanted I would have built faster horses you know <laughs> yeah, so that's a great and, quote yeah and, and, yeah and it's it's true you know we, we do need to have you know customer doesn't always know exactly what what the art of the possible is I think it'll be really interesting to see how this yeah. this trend develops over the next yeah. half a century, definitely. Yeah, okay, absolutely. right, we have two eggs left. All right. um, the rest have hatched and are successfully Moving growing into... Oh, is it an easy one or a hard one? So, hyper automation, I guess, so automation at scale. So, I, yeah. I think, interestingly, like, yeah. comparing it to robotics and the role mm. robotics has in the, the wider sort of automation piece, yeah. how business critical do you think automation strategies are now for yeah. companies? 100% critical, yeah. It's, it's in... If you look at the published business strategies of all major firms, and I only focus on our telco clients, but in every single case, it, when you when you look at their their mission statement and their strategy uh, articulation, um, automation at scale is absolutely fundamental. It, it is um, not doing it will mean you go the way of the dinosaur. Doing it in the best way possible could mean you steal a march on your competition. Then you think about who's my competition. You know, if you're a telco, is your competition other telcos or is it actually companies you don't even know about yet? And it's probably the latter. So automation is a, a kind of a, a get fit, keep fit regime for businesses. And it's going to be a continual, it's not a one and done situation, it's a continual evolution. Um, that every company will have baked into its, uh, you know, into its business. Um, yeah, and, and we're, we're just going to see it go faster. We're going to see things again. We, we can't even imagine now, you know, in two, three years, in terms of automation, things will come along that, that everybody wants to take advantage of. Because if they don't, they lose. So, um, yeah. As we, as we sit here today, yeah. though, you know, do we have enough skills? Is, is the knowledge there? Are the people there? Mm -hmm. Is it accessible enough? These are all questions yeah. that... Yeah, I guess need to be like it's it's not something you can just pick up and do straight away. No, is you it? don't. Like, you obviously, flick a switch. we've established that it's yeah. it's going to be critical. It's going to become yeah. even more essential, yeah. almost to, to underpin yeah. any business anywhere. Yeah. So no, you're you're right, yeah. and it also you're right. It, it it could almost, in some circumstances, be detrimental or negative because if you automate too much, you might lose control. And then how do you rein that back in? You know, you could find yourself out of business overnight because automation has gone crazy. And, um, uh, yeah, because the algorithms were written in such a way as not to envisage a certain set of circumstances, you turn up in the office the next day and you find out that you're out of business um, because you've done all the wrong things in automation. So, so yeah, it, it's, um, it's a, a must-do. has to be done smart. 
who understands it? Not enough people. Um, it is still a bit of a, um, uh, an art rather than a science, um, but it's getting better. And the technology is getting simpler. The technology is getting more intelligent. You know, we at Blue Prism, for example, are building uh, a, a lot of uh, AI and machine learning capabilities into our product, just to the standard product. Um, so that, um, you know, for example, if you're processing invoices, we should be able to read your invoice, we, you know, whether it comes in via email or, th or through some kind of transaction system, or if it comes, if it's a written invoice, you know, it doesn't matter, it's an invoice process it deal with it you know first time so the technology is is you know m moving on in in leaps and bounds um, more intelligence easier to use tools like process mining and process discovery um, absolutely key because what automation is not about is automating all your processes what automation is about is helping you um, improve your processes, change your processes, discard your processes, and automate your processes, depending on what the right answer is. So, um, so yeah, different, different set of challenges. Not, not enough skill in the market yet. Technology is getting better. Um, companies are getting smarter about what they want to do, making decisions quicker. So, um, but it's going to continue to evolve. It's far from perfect at the moment, but continue to evolve, and it's, I think it's the right path. Okay. Yeah. okay. Got one egg left. I think it's eager to crack out of that shell. Right, it's been shaking a bit. We've and got. See what we've got. Yeah, it's chipping away here. <laughs> so, digital disruption. Right. This this is probably probably my favourite actually because mm. I, I love to know what people think when when they hear digital disruption because yeah. you know I, I know I certainly know what I think and yeah. sort of mixed mixed feelings about it really. Yeah. What, what what do yeah. you think? Wow. What do I think about digital disruption? Um, I don't really think anything about digital disruption. No. It's just a fact of life that, you know, life is digital yeah. now. Not life will become digital or is becoming, it is. You know, um, if you think about the way we communicate, um, if you walk around streets in any city, everyone's got their head down on the phone, you know, and, and they're through social media or, you know, WhatsApp or, or whatever, you know, everyone's communicating in that way. Um, it's almost um, startling when you actually have a conversation with someone, you know. Um, so, you know, we are, we are living in a digital world. The way we, you know, consume is digital. If I think about my home, you know, and the stuff that, that's going on in, in my home, it's all digital. You know, I, I need to make a car journey. I tell my, you know, I use my app and say, start the car up because it's cold outside. Stuff like that. You know, it's, it's just normal. Um, and in business... Um, Do you think in business it's a term yeah. that is maybe overused maybe misused as well sometimes yeah i think you're right i think it is misused i think it, it represents it's a kind of a catch-all phrase for lots of different elements you know um i i again going back to this whole born digital thing i think if we just accept that the world is now completely different um or you see the world through a different perspective and that is that everything is digital you know um five years ago we recorded things on the TV, you know. Um, or we rushed home for a football match, you know, because it was live. That's no longer relevant. You know, you watch on demand in through whichever device suits you, your TV, your phone, your tablet, or whatever it might be. Um, streaming is now, you know, mainstream. 
you know, you, you don't download things necessarily, uh, except for really good podcasts. Um, but you know, a lot of stuff I is know any of those. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so so yeah, streaming again. It's it's uh, we are in the midst of a digital revolution. Most definitely. Yeah. Do you think the snappy phrase of digital disruption, do you think that will sort of fade out as digital yeah. becomes more normal and it becomes just yeah. who we are, what we do? You yeah, know, I, I think it's gone. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do genuinely. Um, uh, maybe not to the, to the man in the street, you know, or the woman in the street, but I, I think um, uh, certainly in business uh, it is now just business as usual. If you're not in, if you don't have a head of digital, if you don't have a strategy for digital that is sponsored at the C-suite, then actually you're just dying a slow death, you know. And um, most of the companies that I work with and I know of do have those things. They have a high focus on it. And the CEO thinks about the world of digital. You know, it's not a technology. It's, you know, a, just a business factor. So. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Martin, thank you very much for your insights. All, all the eggs are cracked, you know. Yeah. You to make an omelette, you have to crack a few eggs, and I that's hope right. the omelette is something that our listeners have enjoyed today. So yeah, let's hope so. I'm going to keep that analogy running. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for your insights. Hey, you're welcome. Cheers, Ben. Thanks. Power up your day with the Bulletin Brief, the latest news, insights, and opinion delivered straight to your inbox. Subscribe now at digitalbullet.in.